um, yeah. So, yeah, that is the end of the podcast, I think, unless you have any last-minute thoughts, Dana. No? Okay. Hello and welcome back to What Do You Think About Books? Today we will be talking about Fire, which is the third book in the Graceling Realm series thing. By Kristen Cashore. Yeah. She's cool. She's a cool person. We don't know. Yep. Um, (laughs) So, I know we all hate Arthur. Yes. Me and Evan, we talked about the book a little bit, and all we really talked about was how much Arthur is just. He, he just, he more than sucks, he's just like, ugh. Like, it's, he sucks so much that it's not really funny anymore. Yeah. <sighs> like, I like how the author was trying to create, like, a morally ambiguous protagonist, but he straight out of the realm of morally ambiguous and went right into basically doing what (laughs) fire's dad did like i was like i was talking uh like i was listening to the book and i was hearing like fire talk about how um her dad was like just like yeah (laughs) slept around and got a bunch of women pregnant and then well archer didn't kill any of the women he got pregnant thankfully but it's still it's a lot of the same things that cancer all did and yeah yeah i kind of i kind of didn't like him from the start he just seemed super controlling like the first time you meet him he's always like oh you're not safe you have to go inside stop doing this like she can make decisions on her own she's a person she she i'm i'm assuming that fire wants to be safe and wants to live so just trust her to make the right decision yeah dude yeah it's like i don't really know what to say because it's just so bad it's not really funny and yeah i'm i'm kind of at a loss for words about how sucky Archer is. Like, I'm so glad he died. I, I'm sad the fire's sad, but I am so glad he died. Like, yeah. that is the one good thing that Luck did. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Wait, so I understood that last part, right? So the person that actually shot the arrow and killed Archer was the... Was... Didn't she say it was, like, her dad or something? I don't know. Me too. I was really confused at the end, too. Like, there were a lot of relevations about everyone's parentage, and, like, I was very, very confused. Yeah. Yes. Maybe it's her mom's that was her mom's husband or something no i i was thinking it i thought it was like 
Archer's dad, maybe. But... But, but I thought Archer's dad was... I was so... Con I'm... I'm really confused. Yeah. I think we're... I think we might just be being slightly dumb about this, but... Okay, I'm gonna pause the podcast and I'm gonna... I'm gonna look... Look up what happened exactly. That's it. Alright, so we're back and we really... It's still confusing, but I think what happened is that we first thought that Baraka was Archer's father, and then after that, um, there was a slight revelation that Jod was probably Archer's father, and it wasn't actually said, but it was pretty much implied. But then it turned out that Baraka was actually Archer's father. Anyway, yeah. let's get on with the podcast. That was a slight deviation that turned out to be pretty long. Anyway. Um... I just want to say one of my favorite parts of the books that was just kind of, book that was kind of like heartfelt was when you found out she had a grandma that was still alive. Yes, I loved that. It's awesome. It's made me happy. Yeah, it's like she yeah she didn't think she had any living family left, but she does, and that's so sweet. Yeah. Anyway, so I thought that it was so awesome that Fire was a musician. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, I I think there should be more main characters of books that are musicians because it feels like all, all YA books nowadays are just like all of the main characters are like fighters or something, but... And... Winner's trilogy. Shh. You sh the main characters are piano yeah. fire. And yes, yes. Okay, you're right. And I, I liked that. I liked that about the Winner's trilogy too. That that was that was one of the good parts of the Winner's trilogy. And there were good parts. I just didn't like the overall plot. Okay, okay. Anyway, so yes, I I loved that she was a musician and. I thought I thought it was really sad that, like when she lost her hand, most of her, oh yeah like, most of her fingers, then she couldn't play the fiddle as well as she could before. Like, I know that, like I know that she can still play it. She still figured out a way to continue playing. But, like, I would be I would just be so sad if that happened to me because I play the flute and there is no way you can play a flute if you only have two fingers on one hand. Like, that is not going to be possible at all. Yeah. So I I would I would have been devastated if that had happened to me. Yay luck. Same if that happened to me too. Yeah. Yay luck. That is that is some pretty nice. It feels like he's one of the just most terrible villains. Like, and I don't, yeah, like, ter I don't mean terrible in a bad way. He's just the most awful person. Yeah, usually I care a little bit about the villain and feel kind of what they're feeling sometimes. I have empathy for them, but I had no empathy at all. Yeah, me neither. It's just like, I feel like 
you don't actually need to write a villain with some sympathetic traits for it to be a good villain. Like, a lot of people usually say, like, oh, they need to be a little bit deeper than just, like, oh, they're evil. Like, there's only one kind of evil, but a lot of kinds of good. And that's not really true, because Lack, it feels like he's a very interesting character, and, like... Yeah! Like, I thoroughly enjoyed the prologue of this book. Like, I wish there was an entire book just like that prologue, because... I just thought it was really interesting to see how the character of Lack was, like, developing from, like, a baby, and I don't know. (laughs) He was, like, yelling at his father when he was, like, a two-year-old to, like... Yeah, that's, like... He was, like... I don't know. I I can't remember an exact quote, but... Father, it does not hurt. Get up! (laughs) I don't know. It's just, like, yeah. And he was, like, three. So... Yeah, I, th- I thought it was really interesting, and I wish there was, like, an entire book that was just the prologue. And Yeah. <laughs> what else did you want to talk about, Dana? Um, I thought it was really interesting that just the whole thing with, like, Fire's appearance, like, I've never seen that in a book, at, like, anywhere where people either hate her or love her. Like, that's that's crazy. And I think it really affected the story a lot. Like, Well, yeah, it did, because it was a lot of why Archer was so controlling of her. It was... Yeah. It was a lot of... Yeah, it, it did drive a lot of the book. It, it was also how the assassination attempts were pulled off successfully. And also, speaking of the assassination attempts, I picked up on something in that scene. Like... Fire's fatigue and tiredness actually played a part in the general plot of the book. Like, I feel like there's a lot of books that, like, books and movies and stuff that completely discount fatigue and being tired from the entire equation. Like, the Six of Crows duology, I know you haven't read it, Dana, but I'm thinking about doing it for the podcast soon um that is one of the biggest offenders of that because there are two days like literally two days like day and night that there's they're doing this infiltration of this thing and they don't sleep one wink and they're all perfectly fine and i'm like how how are you doing this yeah, the only exception for that is, well, in Graceling, when Katza, because she can just, she's, like, awesome and can do that. Well, but like, yeah. But that's, yeah. yeah. But, like, they have a special world-building reason. Like, Six of Crows didn't have a special world-building reason. And I find it so great that when people actually get tired in books and that causes things to happen yeah. in the plot. Like, I don't want to give away too much about this book, and I'm trying to think of some some way to say this that doesn't actually give away anything about the plot of the book. Oh, but, um, yeah. I know this is I I I just think in Bitter Blue they could have done a little better job because Bitter Blue is sneaking out at night oh, every night. Yes. Yes, yeah, to wake up at like six a.m. in the morning. How is she not tired? Yeah. Like, I had a hard time waking up at 6 o'clock in the morning, like, 
back before COVID when I had to wake up super early to get to school on time because I I go to school like 45 minutes away from where I live. It's not, it's not the most fun. Anyway, yeah. um, like back before COVID, I had to do that and like I had to like get so, it's just I was I was very tired in the mornings at least and I yeah. I went to bed at a reasonable time like fire I mean bitter blue didn't get to do that bitter blue went out until midnight then went out like not even until midnight like at two and I I just yeah I don't I don't get how she did that like I understand that she got fatigued eventually but yeah. I'm talking a lot today. Anyway, what I was going to say is that there is a book that I read, and I'm not going to say which book because I can't think of a way to say it without giving away all of the plot, that this one character, the main character, during the climax of the book, like when everything was going down and this guy is being... This guy is being in the process of being overthrown and poisoned and, like, all this crazy stuff is happening, all she can think about is how she's so tired and just wants to get to sleep. <laughs> and I found that, uh, like, it's one of my favorite books. Like, that's, I don't... So, that's very realistic. Yeah, and, and because, like, she had, like, a heck of a long week full of wacky adventures and very little sleep and... She's just like, okay, I'm over. I can't, I can't do anything anymore. And yeah. so, like, the climax happens and, yeah, she, all she can think about is like, eh, I want to get to bed. But, yeah. Yeah, but, that's, that's a And it is one of my favorite books and I will tell you about it sometime later when you don't, know that it's the book that I'm talking about now because I don't want to spoil it for you. Cool. Thank you for not spoiling it. Anyway. So... For a while, the like the other people they were fighting against, I was really confused about who was who and where each person was from. Like, it was really confusing because, like, I didn't know all the names very well. But then by the end, it, like, I knew exactly what was going on. So I liked that. Like, it was the right amount of confusing for, yeah, that stuff. But it was also made sense. Well, I thought it was pretty clear because... Oh, I didn't, I just didn't get it right away. Well, I don't know. Because Nax, Nax was a super bad king, like... The kingdom just, like, went into a state of disrepair, and these lords saw an opportunity in that and decided to stage and decided to just, like, stage a rebellion and just, like, take control of their own land so that their land wouldn't be in disrepair, which, as Fire notes, is not very surprising and is probably what she'd have done if she was in their position. So... Like, they can't be blamed for it, but it's like, yeah, they, 
Well, I just have tr- trouble remembering who was from where and who was married to who and. My dog who was, was married to Murda, and Jensen had a son. Yeah, Gunna, I got it by who, the end, yeah. but it took me a second. Yeah, and Jensen had a son who was named Gunner, who was like the brains, and then Jensen was like the guy with the power, but Gunner was like the power behind all of it, and then they both got killed because Fire is good at what she does. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So ratings and predictions. Wait, how far? How, how long? Seventeen minutes and thirty-three seconds. Okay. Cool. Um. Uh, nine point five out of ten. Ooh. I think it's my favorite book of the series so far. I just loved all the characters and the plot, and it was really good. You know, I thought I think I liked Bitter Blue quite a bit. Like, I liked Bitter Blue more than this book. Not quite a bit more, but like. A significant amount more because I thought just like this book kind of like I have really the same complaint about this book than I that I had about Bitter Blue. The ending wasn't really it didn't end in a huge battle or climax like it's yeah. not like yeah the ending was kind of anticlimactic. It just like kind of it. It felt like it fizzled out a little bit, and it just didn't really, it didn't end in a satisfactory kind of thing, like. Sometimes. Yeah, I don't know. It, yeah. Like, it, it was like, oh, big event, fizzling out a little bit. Oh, slightly smaller event, fizzling out. I, slightly I smaller event, I, fizzling out. I just think it was an ending, and. I mean, I'm satisfied. It was not, like, the big, like, booming ending that it could have been, but, like, I still liked it. Yeah, I don't know. It just, it didn't really feel like it was super, like, it felt like there was a lot of drama in the book, especially, like, between the 50% and the 75% mark, and then it just kind of fizzled out, and there wasn't really a climax, and I want there to be a climax. I want all of my all of the thought I've put into this book to be rewarded and, like, it was rewarded with the rest of the book, but I just want it to end in just, like, a big thing that turns out happy and, yeah, and, and that didn't happen. Luckily, yeah. kind of like, oh, oh, the book's over? Oh, yeah, that happened. Huh. So, I'm, I'm gonna give this book a 8 point eight out of ten eight out of ten because it was a good book it just i i felt like it was even more anticlimactic than bitter blue like at least bitter blue had like a climax that well bitter blue has a sequel so well it does but bitter blue at least had like a definitive climax like there are three things that i could think of as a climax as the climax of fire and neither and none of them really live up to the title of climax yeah all right so predictions for winter keep i guess um so i think 
it's just going to be about Bitter Blue really getting her kingdom back. And I think she's going to be better at getting her kingdom back. I'm not sure who the, whose perspective is going to be from. Probably Bitter Blue's because I isn't she on the cover? Yeah, I think so, maybe. But I know that Winterkeep is not a person. No, I don't think Win Winterkeep is... It's a place. I know that. Yeah, I, I I think I, like, skimmed the blurb a little bit. Yeah, I think it's a place, I think. Yes. So. I think Fire might play a kind of a role yeah. in that, and, like, the relationship between um, the Seven Kingdoms and especially Monsi with the Delves, now that everything's out in the open about all of that, and also yeah. the Council's attempts to... Um, take over the Seven Kingdoms and stuff like that. Yeah. So, I, I'm not sure how far the council's gonna go and, like, I don't know. They're not really taking over the Seven Kingdoms. That's not really the right term for it, but they're helping free them from their tyrant king people. Not tyrants. I don't know. I can't find the right words for anything today. <laughs> Yeah, alright, so that's the end of the podcast, and next next episode we're going to be discussing Winter Keep, which is the next book in the Graceling Realm series. I'm not sure, I think it might be just the Graceling Realm, and that's that's the name of the series, without series tacked on the end, but I, I, I have no idea. So I'm just going to be calling it the Graceling Realm series, and if I'm completely botching that, then I'm sorry. But yes, Winter Keep. Next book in the Graceling Realm series thing. And yeah. See ya. Bye. Goodbye.